This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right. Happy December, everybody. Woo! <laughs> Woo! I'm there. I'm there with you. We're in the fourth quarter here. Fourth We're quarter. This clock out. Yeah. <laughs> we get, swear we get excited to do the podcast. Get through Get yeah. through 2022. Sometimes when we do the intros, I wonder if people think we're genuinely excited to be here. I know. We do look <laughs> We are excited to, to be here, I there promise. Are, there are certain times we are. Today, this week, is uh, not really one of those times. This year. I'm going to blame the weather. It's just, it's been really cold here, and I just am tired. I feel like I'm going into bear hibernation mode. Once the, once the, Montana, wilderness, the Montana wilderness gets... The huge layer of snow, and then it turns to single digits, and you can't help but be inside all yeah. and that warm, happens, and you yeah. can't uh, get yourself motivated. And that no. happens every year in late January or early February. This year it happened <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Yeah, it just sucked all the motivation to get, to wrap up this year, like to get everything done to finish up this year. All the reports and cleaning and following oh up and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just like, get me, get me into a, a bear den somewhere. Avatar 2 isn't getting you guys excited? No. That's crazy. It's supposed to, as no. she's yawning. I, I mentioned Avatar, and she just goes, oh, bedtime already. I know. Avatar $2 billion. <laughs> Better no, be. What? I'm awake. <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, Between Avatar and Fablemans and all these other titles that people keep asking about and that we don't have any really good solutions for and then the it tends to wear you down it does i'm worn down yeah and then the movies that you know we're not excited about booking because of whether it's the rating or the length i'm looking at you paramount (laughs) babylon that's a 90 minute movie it should be and if it's not then you should either have an intermission we're bringing back intermissions next year or it should be two parts you know what it is? It's Babylon this, Part Two. It wasn't a good movie. Deathly Hollows. It's not going to be a great movie, and so they're like, "Let's just cram it all into one." I'm like a dog with a bone on this. Like, they need to have an intermission. Like, this they is do. where we're going to stand up as Paramount and trumpet for the film exhibitor. Right, you're doing. We're going to give cl- you ten minutes to have your clientele relieve their bladders, refill those uh, popcorn buckets, mm-hmm. buy more concessions. Yeah, Disney two minutes less on avatar <laughs> you too could have had an intermission <laughs> two minutes less like that from the first one you mean from babylon i think oh from like babylon two, oh my two, God. two minute difference <laughs> yeah it's it's longer we know it's longer yeah. we'll see how it's much like 190 longer. versus 192 minutes 188 wow. minutes for babylon 188 for babylon okay yeah. I didn't know if because I thought it was 190. Cody, you but you it was are tired. If I if I came in with those those limp wrists full of information, are you sure? <laughs> or I got smacked it's in the face. Today I'll be trusting. Yeah, I'm 100 percent sure it's 188. That's just I don't know. It's frustrating because on top and of that we don't and it's have 100, much. Babylon's to 190. Or, now you've got me confused. Avatar's <laughs> 192 minutes. Okay. Babylon. Is this is how we do our job? In eighty-eight minutes, yeah. <laughs> it's four minutes. Avatar. Avatar is four minutes longer. This whole Christmas season is a nightmare. No wonder we're tired. Leave I us know. alone, people. No, if you've got to wear, oh. and and if you're coming back into three D, all right, you're mm-hmm. you're trumpeting three D. You're like, watch mm-hmm. my three D movie. 
you have to wear glasses and people who don't wear glasses have to wear glasses when you go to 3d three hours is a long time to have a pair of glasses on. i can't imagine <laughs> the headaches on that but just not wow spoken like true non-glasses wearers yeah <laughs> And I do. I have glasses. glasses. Yeah, I've he only brings them for out. three hours long. <laughs> oh, I wear them for weeks at a time because then I, I screw my eyeballs up with my contacts, <laughs> and then I have to wear glasses as and then, punishment. And then Mom is happy. I like the glasses. <laughs> it's like a treat for me. I'm like, ooh, you have to wear your glasses again. Speaking of treats, we got some new news for the new year that I'm yes. very excited about. Are you? Yeah. Gerard Butler's plane moved up two weeks. From January 27th to January 13th. The plane's coming in early. (laughs) Oh, plane. type folks, we're about to land sooner than we thought. I'm just pumped (laughs) we get one of his movies. I mean, after after not getting Greenland, which which was a pandemic sacrifice that moved and moved film companies and moved release dates and then finally just went streaming only. Right. Like, I'm excited for a real... Gerard Butler in theaters, action, I, just, I give no shits movie. <laughs> I just wish it would have stayed the weekend it was because I could have given it more dates. Uh, the weekend it moved up to, there are like four films. I was talking to Kyle about it. Four potential films to book that weekend. No, this is the film to book that the weekend. Film. Not about, not House Party, the remake. With, full of Instagram and TikTokers? Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> yeah, even the Gen Zers aren't coming out for that one. <laughs> I tried really hard. <laughs> to look at the the non-throwback cast of this to try to identify anyone mm-hmm. no i've got no. nothing for you <laughs> okay <laughs> i have what absolutely about, nothing for you what about old way with uh you're very confident in old way can you it's describe nicholas, what this movie is because i'm not even sure if it's people a western know. with nicholas cage i it's want his, to see this it's nicholas cage's first western yeah that he's ever been participate or ever participated in he has a horse the gun the rope the whole thing it's, he's He's a cowboy. Doesn't that sound awesome? I it think that does. sounds awesome. Yes, it does but... if he's made anything that's made any money in the last 15 years. <laughs> I mean, he had he had unbearable weight in 2022, which was a, a solid film. It was a good, yeah, it was entertaining a good time. film. It was fun. But that's the first time in a decade and a half where we've had any sort of box office relevance yeah. when relevance. it comes to Thank Nick you. Cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, speaking of not and, having well, any hold on and then there was con- devil conspiracy and house party and the, no planes so dev- i think four films the devil's trying- conspiracy yeah and yeah. you called it planes which is the pixar animated <laughs> film it might as well follow be up that. to cars now imagine <laughs> which, gerard butler's which, face which on started, the front of the plane which started planes the voice, fire and rescue was yeah, which so started much better the voice of dane I'm dating someone who's 30 years younger than me. Cook. Yeah. Did it really? Yeah, he was yeah. Dusty Cropper. <laughs> he was the big. We star watched a lot of planes. On both of those movies. <laughs> they had a sequel. There yeah. were two of them. Fire. I told you, Fire and Rescue is the better one. It's a rare sequel that surpasses okay. the first one. Okay. I I love it when that type of casting for an animated movie reminds me of the Emoji movie where they had T.J. Miller. Yeah, I think is the voice where he was cool for a day. And yeah, then that, he turned out to be insane. That did not age well. No. <laughs> Many things about that did not age well. There's but particularly that one was the shock. There's a lot of those which are really funny. Like they're just such a a snapshot of the time when they were made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have Alec Baldwin doing a lot of animated movies. <laughs> yeah. But Gerard Butler, he lives on. He lives on. And he's a good guy. (laughs) 
I'm sure he's done something he's horrible. He's a good dude. He pays his taxes. I'd like to not think he's a terrible person. I bet he's a good dude. <laughs> You're that handsome. How he, could you screw that up? Oh, would... wait. We have countless examples of yeah. that. Remember when Alec Baldwin was considered handsome? That didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, he's, so... he and Val Kilmer are running right now to see if he can get uglier faster. Yeah. Oh. Age. Age can be a terrible thing to a person. It will probably be terrible for me. Age? You um, mean like Steven Spielberg? Now, don't be cruel to my Spielberg. You leave him out of this. Uh, so, yeah, you, you go, Cody. So, what Kyle, you were, you've been busy. And um, this Thanksgiving. apparently you're just really carrying the torch for independent film or upscale adult fare right now. Because I'm dedicated to the theater industry. You Cody. are. You're so dedicated. So you have seen Bones and All, Fablemans, and you saw Glass Onion. Yep. All before going to PVOD. All and all in the theater. <laughs> yep. So I cannot wait to hear some of your reviews. So let's start with Fablemans because this movie has been a thorn in my side. It went so limited, and mm-hmm. for some reason, so many exhibitors came out of the woodwork and were like, "I have to have this movie." You know why? Because it had Spielberg attached. It and just anytime, it had his name. No, there, no. There's nothing that looked good about that trailer. They show a movie theater in a movie. Our exhibitors get excited. It doesn't matter if the I movie's guess. good or bad. Anytime Just wait they... till Empire of Light comes around. Yeah. 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 It will be because it shows an old movie theater getting fixed up. And that's what the people we work with every day have done and continue to do. They know. love the industry. But this is not for the love of the industry. This is for no. the love of Spielberg. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. how, how was it? Uh, I thought it was very good. I really... Uh, was wrapped up in this story because it did a great job to learn of Spielberg's upbringing, to see the conflicts that went on with his family, particularly with his parents, but not in the stereotypical you're the parent, I'm the child type of relationship. It really delved into them as people and was a good idea or a good showing of him looking back upon his past and realizing the complexities of them at that point in time as he currently is now so basically i think growing up he had a hard time understanding what was going on with his parents and in doing so he kind of got wrapped up in his love of filmmaking as like an outlet for it and over time i think he realized that there was more complexities to his parents than he initially thought as a kid and that he puts into with this movie so yeah it's not exactly like ken was saying when it comes to it being about champion movies and champion the movie theater experience it's more about champion um why there is a love for filmmaking and particularly with spielberg how that connects to him and his upbringing and the conflicts that were going on within his family that i thought were very well told well very well told and this today it looks like it's going to cross Four million dollars for a total <laughs> box office. Yeah, Does which, it, which isn't it shouldn't surprise anyone. I don't think. Right. I think that's for how many think, locations it went out. I to? think it's surprising the executives at Universal. We'll talk about their yeah. plans with it later. <laughs> um, uh, did it really? Was the was the mom mentally ill? Is that what he his conclusion was, or was she like? loving and supportive or was she just mentally ill was she magical uh she felt trapped within the 
confinements of having to be a stay-at-home mom um, at that point in time, whereas she was more interested in not being stereotypical. There might have been some mental illness stuff or at least some um, depression that was happening at that time for her, and I think that's kind of displayed pretty well, but I don't think it was fully mental illness ne- oh, necessarily. It was, it was just... just it was just a part of it that caused her to go into a spiral for a point in time. Mm. But it, it, I don't know, at least in the movie, there is a happy ending for her. Um, but Does she, get she, she, she's, she was wild. <laughs> yeah. Does she get to keep the monkey? Is that the happy ending? <laughs> they run off together. <laughs> she might've kept the monkey. I have, I, I didn't see that in the ending, but, um, <laughs> The monkey part is in the movie, and it is that is real. That actually did happen. Now, is this like – I'm going off on a tangent here, but is sure. this like the turtles in Rocky where, like, Sylvester Stallone still has them because they live forever? Does Steven Spielberg have a goddamn monkey in his house? <laughs> He's like, I wish this thing would just die. Yeah. <laughs> Mom bought this in the 50s for crying out loud. How are you still alive? I like to think so. He's but I think con- he has a parrot. I'm not sure. He's I thought con- I read somewhere he has he's a He's constantly parrot. Googling. He's like, well, how long do monkeys live? <laughs> I just. I would kind of like to think that as a good homage <laughs> for his late mom. I guess for me, I was just wondering about her character because Michelle Williams, I think, got a lot of early festival praise for mm-hmm. her portrayal. And that seemed to be a focus of marketing. Yeah. So just... You know, when that becomes your focus and if this is like the reason to see the film, you know, you want a good payoff on that. Yeah, it is mainly about um, Spielberg's relationship with his mom more so than it is with his dad, although it does come up at points. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why they do show her at the forefront because she is like an important character and is an important part of the movie. And she does do a phenomenal job. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I've seen some headlines where there's some reviews saying that the parents were miscast and (laughs) in my head, I'm thinking how does Spielberg miscast his own parents? Like, I think that's a really bad criticism, but I know for you guys who don't like Paul Dano, you're probably like, yeah, my dad looks like Paul Dano. My dad acted just like that. There's no, I just can't believe a Paul Dano would marry a Michelle Williams the way they look. So no, thanks. I don't believe it. Not even in fifties attire. I mean, no. the last right. the last big movie she was in, she was sleeping with Tom Hardy. Yeah, and now she's sleeping with Paul Dano. <laughs> oh, have the how the mighty have fallen. It's yeah. called acting, guys. <laughs> she is one hell of an actor. You suspend disbelief, okay? <laughs> no, but then you see Paul Dano, and all disbelief has been murdered in its sleep. I can't. He looks like a serial I can't killer. separate it. I just can't. <laughs> They're great in the movie. All right. Well, let's get to your. Next amazing feature that you saw. Okay. Bones and all. Yep. The which perfect is, holiday movie. Which is going to family. clip six million dollars worldwide box office this week. Hey, good. <laughs> <hit>. <laughs> yeah, again. Shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. <laughs> it's just hard for the we've talked about this. It's just hard for these types of movies, whether it's in the holiday season or not, to be able to gain any attention right now. Especially if you put it in such small cannibal movies locations. with weirdo heartthrobs. <laughs> yeah. What's not to For work? A guy that's attractive to girls that only wear black fingernail polish. <laughs> Timothy Camembert. <laughs> Cabernet, whatever his stupid name is. Chamomile. Eh, you're about you're about right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bones and All is 
a very good movie. And I know that it's weird to think of this movie as like being romantic, despite clearly that they're cannibals, that both the leads <laughs> are cannibals. But I think the movie does do a good job, at least through its cinematography, of kind of making the juxtaposition between those two ideas work to where it's both cool to see like the blood and the carnage that goes on when they're having the cannibalism parts, but also when it flips around and it dives into their romance, like it still is touching at least in my opinion. But, um, you know, at the same point when you're thinking about like the realistic part of the cannibalistic part in the movie, it's hard to separate the two at times. I know that certainly was for me, but I do think it's also just supposed to be a metaphor for a good movie, a good movie, mainly addiction, but also a good movie. And, um, and on that level it works, but I think for some people there obviously is going to be a tough time with separating the two on like the realistic level. Cause it is a realistic movie and not like a suspense, um, I think the metaphor for addiction, it makes so much more sense why th- why decisions were made with this film. Right. But it was never explained in any of the marketing. or, or And I think it needed it. I think you needed that context, that piece of context to like really get into this. Like sure. until you, until we were talking about the other day and you said it was a metaphor for addiction, I was like, oh. Makes way more it sense. It makes so much more sense. This yeah, movie was so hard couldn't to sell. show her like in a flashback or a, a flash between her with a finger in her mouth and then it's a crack pipe and then it goes yeah. back to a finger. <laughs> right. She's she's smoking somebody's finger on a trigger. You get it yet? <laughs> yeah. I mean But that's the tough part with this movie. Like there's right. nowhere in the movie where, you know, that's explicitly explained. So how on earth do you ever market that? Yeah. But I, I feel like that's where that would have helped so much more. And to not have it at Thanksgiving. And not to have it at a holiday time either i mean sure where were you in august or september when we had no nothing where you could have mm. made a bigger splash there are times in the year where these films work and there are times when they're not and i'll always go back to girl with a dragon's tattoo at christmas you yep. just cannot have rated r content we're looking at you babylon at christmas time and expect families and people that want just something really nice to go violent gory hyper Sexualized, sexual, hyper yeah. gory at especially at, at the, the holidays, especially yeah. at like the realistic level too. Right, not in like a suspended action or fantastical movie type. way. Like, yeah, I don't think Violent Which Night this is movie gonna, wasn't. Violent Night's gonna have an issue because it's coming between the holidays mm-hmm. and it's obviously fantasy because it involves Santa. It it's not realistic at all, and I think that it'll be okay in yeah. its run. Yeah, for sure. But Glass Onion was the best movie of the yeah, three I saw. I was going to say, how <laughs> oh. this one upsets me, but how was the movie? Yeah. Don't it, go watch it on Netflix. We it, need to punish them for this. Absolutely. Uh, it was excellent. Well, then don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> don't see it. It's not going to be it's gonna. We're going to talk about how good it is. You have to tell people not to see it, Cody, yeah. or to don't. steal a Netflix password. Steal so many Netflix passwords. From somebody passwords. that's lost their credit card or their, pa- their password and they can't yeah. cancel their account. <laughs> so many steal all the it's passwords. a really narrow window but you might find those people yeah <laughs> um but yeah the movie was excellent ryan johnson who wrote and direct the last one was able to take advantage of the netflix mo- money and take it up a notch in terms of like the cinematography in terms of the set design especially with it taking place on a private island in well, Greece. the location looked awesome yeah i mean the first one was just in a house mm-hmm. i mean it had an incredible ensemble cast but it was it was just in a house. 
Yeah. Like this sure. one is like crazy, like the sweeping the sweeping vistas and the houses and all the stuff going on. Yeah, it definitely awesome. feels it still feels like it's handled with intricate care, like the first one did, but it does have like that sweeping grandeur feel to it. Um and this new supporting cast, they do a really good job at like playing heightened versions of uh, of uh, types of people that we see, whether it's on the news or whether it's people that we might know of in terms of celebrity status. And they had like some great jokes and one-liners between each other, but they also were in on the murder mystery part. They were just really good at playing up to like the whodunit part of it all, which is exciting. And obviously Daniel Craig is back in the role as uh, the detective and he is fantastic in the movie too. And the movie still does a great job at giving you the unexpected in terms of how the murder mystery is going to be played out, but it doesn't feel the same as like the first one did, but it still Mm -hmm. has like enough to where it still spins the trope on its head, which I really appreciate it. So I am shocked that it came to like one theater in Montana and I was able to see it. (laughs) That was crazy. But um, I know many other people were not as lucky and I feel bad, especially with the amount of theaters it went to and the one week release of it. So yeah, I wish more people were able to see it in theaters, but it definitely had the most people out of all these showings that I saw over the weekend and people easily love this the most. Yeah. yeah there was an article that said they left $200 million in potential box sales. office on the table. Yeah. yeah. I also read another article from IndieWire and I didn't agree with this writer at all but he he said that he it was in praise of netflix's strategy how uh netflix actually did the right thing because they got to basically he said use theaters Mm -hmm. to legitimize the excitement and word of mouth that he said that there was something like a million uh, tickets sold so there's a potential a million people saw this movie and they were hoping in the next three weeks you there it, you get so much more demand for to see this because you get positive word of mouth that they'll grow anticipation for it on their streaming he, and he does know that studios have done this before when it comes to like physical media or yeah. when they had streaming services and did this ahead of netflix mm-hmm. he does know this happened before right, right that netflix didn't just invent this yeah i get it and <laughs> it's just so dumb because that also happens with theatrical runs and yeah. you make money. So it's literally <laughs> advertising of the movie you already advertised before. Right. And, and you grow also... your word of mouth and yeah. then, and the, and you grow the marketing and you grow all of the positive reviews. So why, why just take it off and like deprive people that doesn't grow anticipation anymore. All that yeah. did was make you lose momentum. It was. And what they've done previously, Netflix mm-hmm. is, you play a movie, you give it a seven-day window, and then you release yeah. it on your streaming service. As you built the momentum. As you built the momentum, but now you're just, you know, you're taking a ship on the ocean, putting it in full forward, and then, and then Crash. <laughs> letting off the gas, and then we're like, Iceberg. we'll see what happens in a month. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah we'll, if we thought that was cool, out wait there. till you see all these other ships we have in the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, it, and this just goes with, I know that there are some executives at Netflix that are really, I think, have 
turned a corner and are really trying to actually do theatrical on their films. These are big, expensive movies, and they now need to start making a profit back. Correct. But Ted Sarandos can go to hell. He can go to hell. <laughs> and he is just using theaters. He he is only accepting models in which he can absolutely use theaters to the fullest extent to get all of the legitimacy, all the value out of them without giving them any like teeny tiny thing in return. Like we're going to give you knives out for one week. Sounds great. We're going to cut it off on a Tuesday. Like you open it on a Wednesday, you get it on Tuesday. We're not even going to let you have two extra days to do a full, a full run actually. Yeah. You know, and get it before the weekend. Nope. You're, you're cut off on a Tuesday. Like it's just, absurd and he is such a jerk yeah and i just cannot wait till wall street or somebody like you know something gets changed there i forget what the order he's gonna get overruled one of these days especially if disney and warners and the other major studios start going to a theatrical model with a shorter window which is where we were all gonna end up in the end of this right amazon does it with their 12 movie release schedule and a billion dollars all of a sudden he's like what they have a they have a robust streaming service as well that they give out for free with free shipping for all your toilet paper needs. <laughs> he, yeah, he's gonna be playing catch up real quick. Yeah. with everybody else. And and he could be the leader in this right now. But yeah, he could take your head and shove it up your Sarandos. Yeah, there was something a little funny though about people sitting down ready for the movie to start, and then they see the Netflix logo appear, and they're like. Are we are we home? What's happening here? All it's What's doing it? is causing confusion in the marketplace yeah, right now. When instead you could have gone ahead of this and done something about it, it to make it like, more legitimate. And it, it made it seem different. They could have been Netflix theatrical or something like Netflix films. Yeah. And then you know that this isn't like what you'd normally get mm-hmm. on the streaming service. This is this is extra special. They didn't even have the da da anymore. It, it was really? quiet. I was like. There's My not the ears da-da? not working? Like, why did they not have... Like, even that wasn't there. I, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. I don't watch Netflix yeah. very often, but... Like, that's kind of iconic now at this point, right? Oh, I think so. I think but, it's very noticeable. It was weird. Well, unfortunately, you know, we're still fighting this fight. And of this adult upscale, like, Oscar contenders, uh, they're all those films that we, that we had just discussed are going PVOD. Except for Glass onion that's actually going on netflix on the 22nd but fablemans mm-hmm. bones and all and i believe uh banshees of anishram yeah. is another mm-hmm. one that is going to go pvod on december 13th correct so all of those theaters that missed out on fablemans that w- wanted to play it for some reason now are going to have to contend with it being on pvod day and date if they want to get to it right. and, th- and then by the and say it's December 23rd, you have a full week on PVOD before you get to it. Say you don't get to play it till the first part in January when traditionally you would play this upscale fair in starting the momentum for the award season. Now it's been on PVOD for several weeks, and we just know that that just destroys grosses. It's like, why even play it at that point? You There's no value in it. I mean, how many more locations are they really going to bump up for these three movies while it's on PVOD well, anyway. nobody's opening Bones and All if you haven't played it already. Right. Yeah. No, and that one did so bad. If you did open so it on break, nobody cares about that. That right. one I can see. Banshees of Inishman, same thing, because Searchlight we, has, right. has had Menu after that, which did so much better, but you, if you haven't played it, you're not going to play it. 
Not now. No. The menu is a better option. Although we got access to Banshees, so there it was far wider. No, Searchlight was great, and they they took what you needed, and and we did actually get a window on that one. So I'm not bum, bummed by that one. I'm hmm. just okay. More upset over the. Well, I mean, it's also like fifty some days. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Banshees. It makes asked. sense. We asked for forty five, and we'd be happy with thirty days. Yeah. Yeah. So, Hitting yeah. the fifty-day mark is great, but yeah, Fablemans is just a slap in the face for it, everybody that it really is. Everybody that was genuinely interested in playing this at your theater, because there was genuine interest. I don't know why, but there was. <laughs> I just told you why. It's a great movie. <laughs> Boring. And and there's a monkey. So Ooh. The monkey was great. <laughs> monkey movie. All right. Well, let's get into the kind of interesting one from this week. Yeah. Which was legendary cutting ties with warner brothers and going over to our favorite flip-floppers at sony yeah <laughs> way to mess with release dates here <laughs> jesus christ they're gonna start they're gonna start putting stuff on the schedule for like 2027 and moving it <laughs> the week after yeah i love this um uh, no i i'm not surprised by this move i, I mean legendary has moved around they they were at Warner's and they went to Universal and then they came back to Warner's. Mm. I'm pretty sure. So it's it's not like they've been they've had some let home somewhere for the, a really long time. Um, so they do move around every few years, and you know they got burned pretty bad during the pandemic with the with Warner's under the previous CEO his whole ex- experimenting with day and dating. So right. they lost a lot of money on some of their big titles by doing that and they were so, really trying to fight against it they were well they they were owed a lot of money yeah. these were big big titles that were coming out at the time so godzilla versus kong that was probably cheap yeah dune, <laughs> dune was probably relatively inexpensive it only yeah. took what 250 million that each sand, yeah. that sandworm scene cost 50 million dollars on its own <laughs> so so i'm not surprised they left and i um and i'm glad that they I'm sure, you know, went with somebody that was theatrical only that would give them proper time to grow and maintain and have back end and, and, um, stuff. So I can see why they chose Sony and didn't go back to say like universal or, you know, go to Paramount or anything where anything they do would be beholden to a shortened window and, and a streaming, uh, issue. So Sony's, I mean, Sony's good for 15 to 20 releases a year Mm -hmm. and they have, their marvel side of everything which is going to continue yeah well yeah so it's interesting about the deal is that um king con king con that property and let her, let her finish kyle don't help her and dune are not going over to sony they're staying with warners because yeah. they, i think they were co-financed by warners so they're they're still staying there mm-hmm. and legendary won't have access to anything that sony currently has in ip for ghostbusters or for spider-man so this really is new i would say new franchises new content moving forward is going to be here which is exciting yeah um because something could hit you know right. you just and never know it could birth a whole new franchise oh, yeah which yeah, is why they, sony made this and deal, this is obviously. what legendary does like they yeah they're franchise king makers yeah like they do this every time they pick a property mm-hmm. and it's worth two movies minimum i mean even that follow-up they made to Pacific Rim. That's what I always think about with mm, right. <laughs> Legendary. I mean, they still made it, and it's still open to, like, $50 million, and it was a giant yeah. piece of shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I love the first movie. I'll put that first one up against a lot of things. Yeah? no, For, it, for a big, dumb action movie. It's an underrated movie. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> but they've made, I mean, hit after hit after hit. Like, they, they are a money-making production company. 
Yeah. No, I think it's a good fit because Sony needs it. They need some additional content. Cool. They can't all survive on Spider-Man alone. And hey, don't. Ghostbusters. Uh, nope, they've ruined that mm-hmm. one. But yeah. the, the streaming, and they don't have their own streaming arm. Right. So whatever they make, they need to make sure that it plays in theaters and plays for a while. And I'm sure Legendary will be a part of making stuff for television or streaming as well. Right. They still have their Enola Holmes, which, I mean, that really sucks that that went to Netflix. Those are are great movies. The production quality is fantastic. It would have played so well in theaters. Um, But I'm, I'm not worried about Sony, like, making this move just so that way they start, like, a streaming service or they focus entirely on... Uh, streaming or television productions right it's just gonna happen but i think sony has a good handling of knowing what goes where um you know despite our sure. many fr- despite <laughs> our many frustrations yeah i i think they do a good job at you throw and choosing. you throw enough against the wall something's bound to stick yeah. that's their strategy yeah. <laughs> was that convincing i think yeah. that was pretty convincing <laughs> let's get into our pop culture topics for the week um okay Cody picked one that's not necessarily film related this week, but no, I didn't have anything. I did pick a downer sort of, I didn't have anything film related. It's kind of slowing down right now, but I was shocked by uh, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian finally finished, finalized their divorce. And Kanye West has to pay her $200,000 a month in child support. And I'm just like, Oh my God. I, that's no, that's, that's two point four million dollars a year. Yeah, two point four mil. Okay, I yeah. heard it wrong. My bad. Two hundred thousand dollars a month. Two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. What would you do with two? I mean, I, I'm sure. Yeah, she, I don't. I, I'm sure they have very expensive schooling, but it just <laughs> the, the amount of money a month. Like, I don't even know what I would do with that much money. And neither I do, do they. Boats and <laughs> boats and hose. Boats and hose, and they have Especially after a divorce. <laughs> yeah. Well. He would be better served by boats and hose right now. He is just having a complete mental breakdown, in spiraling in some white supremacist Nazi thing. That's just so sad. It's God, I can't even just down this crazy rabbit hole that because that's all he has. It's all he has right now, and, that, and even Alex Jones and Infowars is like, whoa, maybe you need to calm down a little bit. Seems a little aggressive. Yeah. Here. Yikes. <laughs> Um, I don't care about Kanye West. It's whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's I think like, he should have paid more. It's like watching. A, it's like any car wreck. You know, you just can't take your eyes off of it. You're just like, what is happening here? I don't know. This one is anti-Semitic, so I think I can look away from <laughs> that. Uh, too many dead bodies strewn about. Yeah, You're this like, one oh, I'm willing I'm to move past. <laughs> An anti-Semitic car crash. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it looks like, but it just looks like Kanye West. Yeah. All right, Kyle, what's your topic this week? Mm-hmm. I saw an article. It, I'm surprised like it didn't make the rounds more in terms of like popularity, but I saw that Freddie Prince Jr. talked about how um, the the studio that was making the Scooby Doo movies at the time wanted him to take a pay cut for the second movie so that way they can give more money to the other actors, and he was like, "No, you guys made." so much money off the first one why should i take a pay cut just so that way you guys don't have to use your own money which i don't know i i give him props for that but at the same time i just wonder was all that fighting really worth it over scooby-doo i mean wasn't he replaced with matthew lillard no matthew lillard was shaggy oh who was he oh fred he was fred yeah he was freddy freddy (laughs) jr yeah that's it right. was yeah. the match made in heaven. It, he 
he had to fight for this because now he's doing like dishwasher commercials <laughs> with his wife. <laughs> he needed he needed every bit of that of well, that, that coin that he can make. That's the other thing too. I can't remember when um, those two got married, but you have to think it'd be a little awkward to tell her like, "Hey, I'm not taking a pay cut <laughs> <laughs> to give you more money." No, I mean she probably understood because she was like, "Yeah, we made a lot of money off the first movie. They well, can pay." Well, it no, too. that's what if you if you split it up, he's not giving 100 percent of that. To his wife, it's right. going across the board. It's going sure. to different places. And it's probably not going to those actors, those other actors. No, to be there's fair no anyway. guarantee no. that that was going to them. <laughs> no, this but just it. something around like Scooby-Doo, you can't believe that there's still like those conversations to be had when it's yeah. like, can we just like not take this seriously and just pay them the money? <laughs> like relax a little. But um, there's, there's no chill in Hollywood anymore. Or ever for that matter, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> And I had a, a down note this week. I got a call from my father who sounded brokenhearted on the phone. I thought maybe his dog had passed away. Maybe my mom had been in a car accident. No, Clarence Gilliard Jr. passed away. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is not funny in and of itself. But the no, that he, part's not the funny. The way he delivered the news was was hilarious after the fact because I thought for sure <laughs> something horrible had happened to a family member. No, we just lost Trevette from Walker, Texas Ranger. Was it? So the call happened like in at the at nighttime, right? Or at least the evening. Oh yeah, no, it was. It you was never early want evening. phone calls for family members in like the nighttime. No, it was right. like, after it was like, hours. It was like six yeah. thirty at night when he calls me. You're like, oh gosh, it must be urgent. He knows we're having dinner right yeah. now. What happened? Yeah, no. Who, he who goes, in the family is hurt? He goes to bed worse. at seven. He's not calling me thirty minutes before he's out. He probably yeah. couldn't fall asleep after <laughs> yeah, that news. No. Sad for the actor. I didn't know he passed away, or I'm also not in the no, age his, range to know who that was. His but... was a pretty interesting life, where he was on TV shows and made the crossover to films with uh, Top Gun and Die Hard, mm-hmm. and then made the trek back to television and was on walker text for almost like 200 episodes yeah something crazy back when tv money was tv money TV and then money. Movie money syndication money and all that before jumping. reality tv toned everything down well, not only that from jumping from tv to films that meant something yeah. that was yeah, a big deal. that was a big deal and then going back was like a different. was like a death sentence right for yeah. a lot of people yeah but he he had this incredible career. He still was acting in some TV shows, some smaller movies. But he was a, a professor of fine arts at UNLV. That's what he had kind of dedicated oh. his life to after the fact, after he had that's made cool. his syndication money, which was a really interesting wow. story. Yeah, that's awesome. But the pictures of him, which he has this crazy – he's this super handsome African-American man, but he's got the gray horseshoe mm-hmm. on top of his head and, like, the gray goatee. And you're like, is that the same guy? <laughs> And you know, he shaved off. He looked exactly the same. He's st- he still looked good, though. <laughs> he had this crazy horseshoe. He looked like a professor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was acting as a professor. <laughs> no, that's oh. a really that's a really cool career. Um, sad yeah. about his passing, though. But an interesting story arc for sure. Know? Yeah, I like to see people giving back when they have the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are the best types of actors. Yeah. You know, it's good to have something that like not a goal but just a purpose Mm -hmm. you know to have something outside of maybe even what made you famous that gives your life more purpose and validity and and that's i think keeps people healthy 
in the long run. Probably a bit of self-awareness too. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. he knew where he was at and or <laughs> he knew he wasn't Chuck Norris. Well, yeah, in but... a cowboy hat. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this, this I'm, I'm going to milk this <laughs> cow for all it's worth and then we're Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm just happy to be here to get <laughs> just... work anywhere. Right. TV like, and I... film. Yeah. They're setting up craft service in the morning. He's out there like unfolding the legs on the table. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey guys, how's it going?" Oh, he totally knew <laughs> the names you, of the craft you, service aren't people. Aren't you the number 2 on the show? He's like, "Yeah, but I'm just I'm just glad to be here. It's a beautiful day, guys. Why yeah. worry about it?" <laughs> He's the third guy in the Rolling Stones. Yeah, just yeah. super excited to be involved. There you go. <laughs> All right. On that note, happy December again, everybody. Yep. Yes. Fan enthusiasm, Cody. Yay! <laughs> Let's end the year uh, strong with a good December, and yep, it's gonna be a lot of craziness with the Avatar stuff going on. So, hopefully, you guys fair through that and, and we'll a, be having episodes coming out helping you yeah, guys through it yeah hopefully a fun surprise this weekend with violent night i don't know if projections are out or well there big, a lot of people are saying that you know uh, black panther is going to be number one again i really want violent night to come yeah. out of nowhere and be like mm-hmm. to take it at the end like to edge it sunday like to grow over the week and then edge it sunday to be huge and yeah. then it just takes it takes black panther down a notch that'd be awesome takes marvel down a notch i yeah. get it yeah, so they're only number one for four weeks instead of five weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They'll be shaking in their boots. Yeah. Just watch. <laughs> Violent Night gets to be number one for two weeks, and then Disney will take it right back with Avatar for like four weeks. I think that's fair. Yeah. A chink in the armor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not perfect. There's a blemish. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Off the Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms or at screeninsider.co. And be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast.